Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchev. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. We've been doing this show since 2017, and our mission has been to find the best people on earth that are building the, ba the best hospitality businesses, the best technology business, and the best storytellers on earth. Uh, this is really exciting for me because I get to have a co-host as well as a guest who uh, who I've been connected to for some time now. Huge fan of what Avery is building. Avery is the CEO and uh, founder. Well, you're the the grandson, the grandson that's taking the restaurant to the next level. Uh, somebody that I've been following for a long time now. But it is Little Italy Ristorante. Uh, Avery Ward and my co-host is Moan Islam, who is the CEO of Ship Day, and he has been a guest on the show and now is helping me co-host this episode, um, primarily because this is this this thesis of ours is the intersection of technology and hospitality, um, digital hospitality. We truly firmly believe that every business needs to be digital first, uh, especially brick and mortar businesses and every business is in the hospitality business. So, uh, Moen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for those in our audience that don't know who you are and what you're building, and then I'm going to kick it over to Avery. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks for inviting us. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Moen. I'm the co-founder CEO of ShipDay. At ShipDay, we are really uh, accelerating what we call direct deliveries for restaurants. So that our goal is to, you want to democratize access to delivery services so that you can really sell online freely. That there's there's no burden of uh, you know offering a delivery service with commission and other stuff. You should be able to uh, sell online or sell over the phone, however you want to do it. And ShipDay helps you manage all your delivery work. Uh, so that's what ShipDay does. That's awesome. Thank you, Moen and Avery. Welcome to the show, man. Seriously, I uh, we've been connected on Facebook. We're connected on LinkedIn. We've had text conversations about Toast, about America's Best Restaurants, about Ship Day. Um, finally, I get to have you on the show to to share your story. Let let the uh, the community and the audience know who who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, my name is Avery Ward, uh, CEO of Little Italy Restaurante in Groveport, Ohio. I'm a third generation operator, started with my grandparents in the early 60s as a grocery store. My dad was a second generation, ran it for about 38 uh, years, 39 years, took over from my dad about five years ago uh, after a corporate uh, stint at Apple uh, for about five and a half years. Um, technology is my background and passion growing up in the restaurant business with my family. Uh, I had always been really intrigued by technology and uh, started when I was 16 years old, got a job with Apple, and that, that was my dream job. Um, like I said, worked for them for about five years and, and grew up through the company there, but realized that my passion was in the restaurant business. Uh, just so it turns out where, you know, there was a, a, a family need where my dad had some health issues and I had to come back to the family business. And I said, okay, if I do this, I'm gonna do it right. We're gonna number one, blow up the business to what I know it can be. And number two, we're gonna integrate technology through every part of that experience, whether it's the guest experience or the employee experience. I want technology to be a part of that. Yeah, for me, it's exciting to, you know, have you on to share your story and to have Moen here as well, because 
I believed when I first started this show that I was not alone, that I wasn't crazy. Uh, you know, I wasn't a crazy restaurant owner knowing that technology was going to help our barbecue restaurant here in San Diego. And the more that I started doing podcasts and videos and content on LinkedIn and eventually TikTok and YouTube and all these other things, the more I connected to other like-minded restaurant owners, hospitality professionals, tech founders that we all have this belief that it doesn't matter where we are on earth, that it can be better, that we can actually deliver a better guest experience. Can you uh, bring us into the ship day story? How did you come across Mo and how did you find ship day and, and how has it helped you uh, get more pizzas to more people uh, in your community? Hey everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I wanna talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I want to go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego, restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses, right? Let them know what's coming. Let your reviewers know something they should come back and try. And of course, if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate, just leverage the team at Marquee to do this for you. We handle all of this. We're experts in this space. We can automate this. So it's just another item that you know you are taking care of. Again, that's Marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com. Know you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com. So if you do misspell it, we got you. You'll still find us. We can still help you. Absolutely. I, yes, I, if I may interrupt, Sean, sure. I would like every, I actually, you know, uh, every, maybe like, I would like your hearing your thought that, you know, um, you know, when you took over the business, how st you started adopting technology, maybe that's, even precursor to ship day. I'm sure. Even before, even before ship day. Yeah. Like how, yeah. How did, yeah. How did, how, how did from the grocery store, when did you guys first go from grocery to pizza? Let's go 1979. there. 1979 was when the first pie was sold. Yeah. And that was, that was when you decided to, to give a, a taste of Italy, <laughs> a taste <laughs> of right. Italy to Ohio. Yeah. So my, my grandparents purchased a, a pizza place, a block down the street from their grocery store. Um, it was called Baldino's Pizza, and uh, it was kind of just like a little second venture. They were going to try it out, and uh, ended up doing so well. They were only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days a week, and there was a line out the door every day uh, for people to pick up the food. And uh, the, the grocery store, a couple of years after that, started to see a decline in sales, and so they ended up shutting down the grocery store, 
and moving it into the old grocery store location. So the original name of the pizza place was Little Italy Pizza because my grandpa's grocery store was Chuck's Little Giant. So they kept the little in it and 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 just used that kind of spinoff. And then, you know, here we are 44 years later, uh, opened up a brand new location three blocks down the road. I, I moved the business into that, uh, built a brand new store, about tripled our size of the store. Uh, went from a team of 12 when I came back to the business in 2018. And we've got 82 employees now wow. at our single store. Um, and so, you know, we've grown a lot, in, you know, from my dad's era of running the business. I always say, you know, it's like we're running our leg of the race where, you know, my grandparents found the baton. They found the ambition to want to become an entrepreneur and, you know, live the American dream. My grandpa was a grocery store uh, produce manager. Uh, for a local market for like 15 something years. And, uh, you know, he always wanted to have his own grocery store. So uh, they were driving through town one day, they stopped at the little grocery store, it was called Smith's Market, and uh, talked with the owner a five hour conversation later, my grandpa walked across the street to the Huntington Bank, took out a loan that day, and bought the business, which also came with the house next door, and he raised his family in that house. No way. Yeah, so it's a pretty how much was the loan? Eighteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, so you know, <laughs> my my dad was raised in the business. His sisters were raised in the business. All the grandchildren were raised through the business. And what's really cool about it is, you know, customers would always we would the grandkids we would always be at grandma's house. You know, right next door. The buildings were literally feet apart. Um, and you know, customers would would pop in and see you know janet and the grandkids and my dad if he was there you know while they're picking up their their orders and stuff and so um it was just always really cool how you know customers have been so integrated with our family through the years and you know how that experience has grown to what it is now is pretty amazing do you remember the first online order yeah yeah it was with uh revel point of sale i okay. signed up with them and did online you, you signed up were you were you responsible for going from a, a register to a, a point of sale yeah everything was uh old school legacy you know click 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 computer type what year? give me a year give me a year oh god that i signed up with revel probably yeah. 2010 i was probably 12 to 15 years old no way yeah you were responsible for the tech implementation <laughs> yeah <laughs> 12 <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was funny i was on uh, facebook the other day and I sh it showed me when the facebook page was created i created it and i actually misspelled the name of spaghetti in the word oh nice spaghetti wrong uh it was in uh 2007 wow the, the restaurant's facebook page and i did the math i was eight years old no way <laughs> yeah wow that is amazing so the first online well even when you were on Revel, when when did the actual first online order come through? Uh, on Revel, I, I can't remember the day or anything, but I remember yeah. we put it out there and I was pushing on our website. You know, there was big pop-ups, order online, and we were pushing on, on our social media and stuff to get people to order online. And it, and it just took off because I really geared all of our, how do we market people to order online? How do we encourage them to order online? So it started off... Um, through our in-store, like we were just putting flyers on everybody's boxes, like order online next time, bring this coupon in for, I think it was 10 to 15% off, whatever it was. It started to take off there. And then that turned into launching mail advertising. I started doing mail advertising and all the offers that were on the mail pieces were only valid for online orders. 
And then that turned into our phone systems when they call in, encourage people to order online and they could click a button to be texted a link to order online. So like it has just evolved through the years to like, how can we encourage people to go online, place their order, not only for the convenience factor, avoid the weight, better accuracy, so forth. So it's kind of always been a, how do we get our customers there has been at the top of my mind. Wow. And and every, so was that, so first online order was not from a marketplace. Is it from your website? Yeah, we, we launched uh, directly on our website where people went to the wow. page where, yeah, it was our online ordering site. Did you build the web page or did you have a third party? No, I did it. You did it. Wow. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. And as far as the delivery side of the business, when did you start doing enough volume where you actually needed needed to or wanted to hire your own drivers? So we had always had our own drivers. Um, when my dad started delivering back in the 90s, um, he had always had his own delivery or maybe even the 80s, actually. Probably the 80s. Uh, he always had his own delivery drivers. And so um, the need for me to bring technology into that was uh, really with COVID where our delivery business surged. Um, you know, being a pizza place, we were already set up for success to do really well during the pandemic. Pizza and Chinese, that's what people get for takeout. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with everybody being at home, we were already really geared to doing great. Um, the first month of COVID, I'll never forget, uh, March 13th, I was driving to work and I heard it on the radio that Mike DeWine was on TV, the, the governor, and said that, you know, all businesses are shutting down. You can only do takeout. And I was like, what the fuck are we going to do? Because we had a, a dining room that sat 70 something people. We had a wait staff usually every day with two servers on. We were doing great. You know, we were cranking the sales and we thought things were going great. It was like, oh my God, this is going to be nuts. And then that day, that Sunday that that happened, I remember orders were just flying through. We got so busy. It was, we got demolished. And so much of it was delivery and we literally could not keep up with it. So, you know, that kind of led to, we only had one driver at the time. It was typically one guy who handled all the deliveries that day. And he, he knew everything like the back of his hand, you know, like what customers were going to order that day, what they got, where they live. He know he knew it all. I mean, he was the best, you know, and uh, but it was really only used to 12 to 15 orders a day. And then the first day of COVID, he was closing out like 50 plus orders by himself. And he was like, I can't do this, man. I need more help. So then we got more drivers. And then that led to like, OK, how do we tell people like the drivers what orders to take and, you know, which one should go first and, you know, all of that logistics of it. Um, and we did it by pen and paper for a while. And I was kind of the guy that organized all the orders and told me, all right, you're taking this one, this one, this one, and here's stop one, two, three, here's all your items. They're bagged up, get out of here. And then that led to like, okay, I need some kind of automated system that can take all of this information and automate the process of automatically assign the deliveries to the drivers. Because, you know, just a few months in, we were up to like seven drivers on staff from, from one guy to seven. Wow. Like it blew up in a, in a matter of a month and a half in, in 2020. And so uh, that's kind of what led to me doing research and finding ship day. Where, where, where did you start your research? Just Googling everything from, you know, automated delivery systems. I, I, you know, when I start Googling something and I want something, I go deep. Like I'll be on page, <laughs> in a Google and I'll find it, you know? And so uh, it had popped up. This was long before they had integrated with Toast. 
uh, it popped up and I had signed up to test it out of like, okay, could I build some kind of like, I almost thought of building some kind of like API key where I knew they accepted orders by email. So then I found out a way to find how I could get Toast to email a certain email address, the order confirmations. And then I had that auto forward out to them to then automatically create the order and ship day. So like I said, it was long before the, the direct integration where things just flew, you know, so, um, you know. What do you I, look I, for? Absolutely. What do you, when you're, when you're looking for a tech partner, what are, what, what's the, for somebody that, I mean, we, you, myself, we have a very robust tech stack. We have a very, deliberate way that we go about picking our tech partners can you share with our audience somebody that might be thinking about whether it's point of sale whether it's ship day whether it's delivery with how do you go about the process like you said you go deep on google but then once you identify a, a partner potential partner like ship day what do, what do you do the results are in national restaurant association show kyle and sarah and myself we were at the davo sales tax booth and we were polling restaurant owners on the floor. This was a very unscientific poll, but the results are resounding. Restaurant owners do not like sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax. Doesn't matter what business owner you are, small business, big business, Davo automates the sales tax process. We are so grateful that Davo is the sponsor of this show. They automate sales tax at our Cali barbecue restaurants. It is $50 a month that integrates with all the major point of sale partners, including Toast. So if you want to sleep at night, if you want to not worry about sales tax, go to Davo, check them out. Davo Sales Tax, uh, let us know how they're helping automate your sales tax in your restaurant so that we can share your Davo story on digital hospitality. I'm really good with exploring all avenues of technology once I get access into the back end, I can pretty much figure out if it's going to work for me in about 30 minutes. I just dive into every feature and setting. I'll read their support articles like I go in. But I think on the main side of if I think it's going to be a long term solution or not is oftentimes the willingness of the owner of the company or employees of that company are willing to accept your feedback and make change off of it. You know, Moen, uh, Adim, they've been fantastic to work with at Ship Day for this reason, where it's like, I text them something, whether it's like an issue or an idea, I'm like, hey, this happened today. It'd be so great if this could happen. And then I get a text back like 45 seconds later, and it says, consider it done, give me a month. And it's like, damn. And when we launch this feature, we, we want everybody's approval too. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think I think the misconception that restaurant owners, not just restaurant owners, small business owners, is that because it we just don't think that our problem is big enough, or we think that if we make a if we make a suggestion or we make a complaint, that it's gonna go into the abyss. And I think what Avery's found, what I've found is that the best companies, like you need people like us that are actually using the product and trying to break the product because we know that he's not just doing it for his restaurant. I'm not just doing it for my restaurant. I know that if you can fix it for me, you're going to fix it for a hundred other, a thousand other, 10,000 other case studies where now we can actually really give a better experience to all of those guests. Absolutely. Look, I mean, for us, uh, and this is coming from the tech partner side, you know, once you start working with few partners, you see the commonalities of the issues. 
and it, it doesn't take a long to figure out that you know to your point like it's, it's it's enough common if you have a pizzeria running this show i mean you can you can take this uh like it is funny enough that it is accurate it is very common even across geography yep it's really not uncommon if it's the similar business type the problems are very very similar globally and and and, and that's really why we kind of we love working with the uh, our users and power users like every and others that give us so much feedback over the time and and frankly I mean, we love that I mean, you know essentially we we want to solve this problem every time we hear actual power users telling us hey this is you know this is where i'm stuck in a way and we, that, that's really problem solving mode for us and we love that part and, and frankly if you told me that what i love about whole creating the company Nothing better than solving a customer problem for me. <laughs> I don't like any of the other stuff that comes with it. Like, you know, yep. sell this and that now. But when you work with a partner, really, then you're you really, you, you're kind of one-on-one. You really see the impact of your work, right? And that's, the, so for us, that's the most rewarding part of this journey. Yeah, Ava, I love, go ahead, Ever. My favorite thing about a lot of the softwares is just the unhid, the, the hidden unknowns that they unlock of you know the initial barrier in the hope to solve was how can i get my drivers to be better dispatched so i can be more hands off but then the unknown that it actually created was better communication with customers they now know where the order is when the driver is going to get there you know it's more visibility uh from an owner level i have more visibility like i, I have it open right now i typically have two monitors open and ship day is one of them that's usually open over there where i can see on a map like where my drivers are at if my orders are on time if they're late um, i know our catering manager always has it up a lot of times in the morning when she's got numerous orders scheduled like are things happening logistically on time and so you know that was never like a, a main like need for me but it came about after seeing the software in use where it's like, oh, wow, this is huge, you know, and then just all the other things that have came about through it, where it's, you know, we're getting real time feedback from guests in it. We're seeing reporting of, you know, what's our on time percentage with drivers and getting some really great KPIs to hold people answerable to their job of like, you know, this is the standard guys. Are we meeting it? When you go, when you think about your Toast story, can you share the switch from Revel to Toast and then uh, get a little bit into the integration into Ship Day? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, Toast, uh, my, my story with Toast was actually really funny because I wrote them off entirely from a 10-second conversation at a trade show <laughs> just because they're software. Which trade show? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. This was okay. back in like 2000 and. 16 maybe uh when we signed up a couple months after so i you know i worked for apple right and i'm a huge apple guy like i i <laughs> swore that my ipad had to be the point of sale system and there was no other hardware that would be capable or yep. should right and then quickly learned through revel about six months later that there is no software that should run in a restaurant on an iPad because it's not meant to be in the kitchen and, you know, with this kind of heavy use. Um, so we were at a trade show and and uh, Mike Nicastro, my, my guy at Toast, he, he's amazing. Uh, but, you know, he was we were walking through and it was another point of sale. Right. And, you know, my dad's like, take a look at this one, you know, because we were really talking about like we've got to find something better than Revel. 
And my dad's like, take a look at this. And I was like, nah, that's that's Android. That's trash, man. And I just kept walking. <laughs> and then, you know, like six months later, I got an email or something from them where it was like, hey, I want to come out, you know, and just check out your restaurant. I want to show you what I have. But if it's not a fit, it's cool. I'll buy lunch from you, you know, whatever. And so I, uh, I had a bad day that day where my point of sale just wasn't being a point of sale. And it was causing me more frustration than it was worth. And so... Uh, I said, sure. And he came out and he showed it to me and I was like, this is pretty cool. Um, you know, I think this will work for me. And uh, we ended up making the switch back in like 2016. And I've never looked back. I think it's, you know, I, I know you have a graph where you have all the different softwares on it and everything center, centers around Toast. And it truly does. It's like, it's the hub of our operations. And, uh, you know, there's so many different softwares that we use that are so key in what we do, but it, it all flows through Toast. When you think about the feedback that you give to Toast, you know, as you bring on ship day, you know, I think one of the most important things that I've learned personally is this ecosystem, this tech stack ecosystem where you have different tech companies at different stages of growth where, you know, Toast was a startup way back when you when you onboarded with them 2016, but now they have, you know, 5,000 employees, almost 100,000 restaurants. And as other partners that you find, that I find, that we want to work with, how do you go about sharing with Toast why that's important? Why is ship day, that integration, you know, like you said, you're setting up this, this key so that an email goes to here and Moen, you know, he's trying to get his relationship strengthened with Toast as well. Can you talk about, you know, walking your way through that and the things that you've learned? Absolutely. I think, you know, um, one thing that I loved about Toast for so long now is that they've always been willing to listen. Just like I said, with Moam and Adib, they, they uh, you know, are willing to take feedback and make change off of that. And so I think very early on in, in our relationship, I actually connected them with the people up at Toast to help some fix some some issues that we had of getting the the process rolling but um you know i think that the biggest part with all of the different softwares is you know toast wants to be everything but they they very humbly realize they can't be everything right now or as fast as they could be and so they rely on these partners uh with different softwares where they really have a great niche going and they're able to to kind of connect that in and and make it work for all of us because I know truly deep down what Toast does want is for the best experience for their restaurants and the best experience for that restaurant's guests. And, um, you know, so they're willing to, to connect all those pieces together to make that happen. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, uh, I think this is, Sean, this is really important that, and, and everybody can connect with more than anybody else. Like, you know, who invented App Store? Yeah. <laughs> App yeah. <laughs> But in the app store, right? It used to be all the old phones that have their own application. There was no third, barely hard any third party applications, right? Now look at your phone. Yeah. Right. You are your phone is useful to you because of all those apps that it has, but doesn't make Apple any weaker, right? It, it makes Apple the giant, right? I think that's the ecosystem everybody's adopting, and, and Toast is no stranger to it. So and I think we want to part, be part of that because we do one thing really, really well. And we want to be partnered with other uh, point of sale and other POS or e-commerce platforms to solve the delivery problem for small margins. Uh, and, and again, we would be the best in class for that, but we don't do anything else. But to every world, right, we are part of it. 
So, but there's a lot of other other problems he is solving with other applications. But I think this ecosystem mindset is is so much important for tech companies to to because at the end of the day, it is to the benefit of the operators, mm -hmm. right? Because your world looks a little bit different than every's world, and everybody's world looks a little bit different, and then it can configure what they need. Yeah, I think for me, what's what's important is the humans. The yeah. humans are the heart of technology. And, you know, when you say something like Apple, it's hard to think about, you know, who's actually the humans behind Apple. Yeah. Avery worked at Apple. You know, he was one of, the, I mean, how many employees does Apple have? A lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a lot. Like, like a lot. Okay. Um, but you, when you think of Apple, Google, Facebook, Meta, all of these companies, and then, you know, in the restaurant ecosystem, we have the toasts and trying to figure out well, the humans, you know, back to the storytelling, if you don't have the story of Avery and his restaurant, if you don't have the Cali barbecue story, it's hard to make those case studies. You know, that's why it's so important if you're listening to this to know that your voice matters, like your voice. And there is no stupid question. I know I'm willing to say the stupid things. I'm I have no tech background like Avery. I'm not building my own websites. I'm smart enough to know that I'm so stupid that I need to ask for help. So I'm really good at asking other people that are smarter than me for help, but also knowing that maybe it's possible that no one's even said this to our tech partners you know if you're willing to ask the question you might actually solve a problem that an engineer goes well no one's actually said that to me yeah. and if no one said it to me then we haven't toggled this one button and this one button fixes an issue across a thousand of locations which makes it five minutes faster to deliver barbecue or to deliver pizza and i think for me understanding that my voice matters has been such a crucial role avery for you the more that you've leaned into storytelling and the more that you've leaned into Facebook, the more that you've started to do things with America's best restaurants, how have you started to understand that it's not just your voice as a restaurant owner, but it's your voice as a business owner um, that's really helped you grow and, and be the company that you guys want to be? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, to talk on connecting with our community, it's like become one of my really big like hobbies and it's become really fun for me to you know become the voice of the company but i what i found the most success with in this is that our employees resonate in that and they want to be a part of that and um you know they they do a lot of the storytelling with us you know i i, I think the best restaurants you can tell if they're great restaurants or if they're not so great restaurants or if they have issues if you talk with their staff and you go hey what's it like working here and they'll go down the rabbit hole, man, these motherfuckers and this and that, if it's not a great place to work. Right. But on the other hand, you know, you've created a great culture where they are invested in that and they go, man, you know, it's the best place ever. Like everybody that works here is so awesome. They take care of us. You know, I really care about this place and it's a different story. And I think a lot of that comes through them feeling connected with the brand and what you know, you are, what is your mission? What is your, you know, uh, mission for the community and how are you going to take care of your community? But it's also important for your community to understand it as well, to be connected with it. They don't go to these local restaurants because just because they have great food, they go there because they know the person or the people that are there and they want to be connected with that company. And so it's important that small businesses share their story and connect with their community in ways that they can. 
I, I think the most important and influential people in this business are, are the, the important figures in your community. You know, your police officers who touch thousands of people's lives on a weekly basis, your, you know, uh, school leaders who have thousands of kids underneath of them. How do you connect with them on a deeper level to where they are going to tell their immediate community about you because this place is so great because they're connected to you? Um, that's what I got for that. But I, I threw something else in the chat here that I think you guys should look at. We were talking a little bit about um, companies and, and the people and understanding that people are really important uh, through everybody's success story. Everybody relies on somebody else. And this was an email that um, I've had saved on my computer for quite some time. Uh, when I worked at Apple, it was going around quite a bit. This was an email Steve sent himself. Uh, back in September of 2010, about a year before he died, but he talked about he he grows a little of the food that I eat. I grow a little of I do grow. I did not breed or perfect the seeds. I did not make any of my own clothing. I speak a language I did not invent or refine. I did not discover mathematics that I use. I am protected by freedoms and laws I did not conceive or legislate. I do not enforce or addituate. I am moved by music. I did not create myself. When I needed medical attention, I was helpless to help myself survive. I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, or object-oriented programming, or most in part of the technology that I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead. I am totally dependent of them for my life and well-being. Like Steve Jobs, when you think of the iPhone, you think of Steve Jobs. When you think of iPod, you think of Steve Jobs. When you think of the Mac or the Lisa, you think of Steve Jobs. But he didn't do any of it. He had great people below him that did all of this with him. And, you know, I think of that for my company, I'm, you know, I'm building up a great team of leaders. I'm building up a great team of employees who do great work and I don't do any of it. They do. I just empower them to do it. That's so true. I agree. And uh, I think, I think the best, <laughs> best thing I, I remind myself at a company, uh, and I think I know, somebody said that, that company is nothing but a collection of people, right? Uh, like, that's it. <laughs> it's not a paper what you have in there. Really, is a collection of people, a group of people, right? That's the definition of a company. Uh, so, how great the company is, how great the people are, right? It's this everything is kind of secondary. For you, Mo, and when you recruit, how do you think about us? How do you think about the the restaurateurs that are going to be coming onto your platform? Because we we hear it all the time, you know, as 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 restaurant owners, we go to the trade shows and the conferences and everybody wants to tell us that they hire restaurant people because they think that that's what we want to hear. And I don't know, Avery, I'd love to hear your perspective of this and definitely Moen. But for me, sometimes it's great that somebody's worked in a restaurant. They've worked in, in my shoes. But for me, it's also I'm also encouraged by companies that hire the best engineers there are on the planet because they think completely differently, you know, and it's, it's great to have worked in a barbecue restaurant or to work new, a pizza restaurant. Like it's great to have that hospitality mindset, but it's also great to have that tech background where you're not bond, bond bothered by any of the things, the preconceptions that we have as restaurateurs. Like I want somebody that's strong in e-commerce because you're strong in e-commerce. Like teach me the things that I don't know because you know, just because I think the barbecue needs to be done this way, tell me something different. <laughs> you know, expand my mind, expand my thinking. Well, I mean, how do you how do you go about it, Moen? No, I think um, a couple of part of this this um, 
end of the day, one thing matters is that do you really care? Yeah. That's like nothing more than that. I mean, that's the when even we hire employees, do you really care? Because you are all smart people. You know, do you really care? And, and when you care enough, and smart people care enough for solving a problem, they come up with amazing solutions. Mm -hmm. Right. So to your point of hospitality, how much I care, I do care that do they care about what we are doing? Do they yep. care about our customer? Do they care about the small business owners? Do they really want to? I, I think this is like second best thing beside working for a nonprofit, frankly, <laughs> you could do like, you know, help your local community thrive, right? And solve their problems. Do you Some of them are nonprofits. <laughs> they're, just not, they're just not tax exempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call startups a nonprofit too sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and the other part of this is that uh, I think that when you don't come with the burden, I would say, quote unquote, burden of how it is done, that you have a free, free like a, you have an open page, right? You have, right. you don't know, right? And, and there's the advantage of that. The advantage is that really you think in a different way. And oftentimes the solutions are kind of amazing at the end of the day, because what we want from the restaurants, understanding the problems, that do we understand the problems deeply enough? But the solution could be a little bit different than you might have thought that would be, because, and, and sometimes not all solutions are great, I got to tell you, but sometimes we come up with good. But that opening up that opportunity for the engineers that, hey, you don't have to have a restaurant background per se, but understand this is the problem. Let's find a better and and again, every would we really care a lot about the product and like it's not only the how the solving the problem but solving a tasteful way. Is this the minimum viable? This is this the only is this the best way to solve the problem? Like there are A B C D. There are different ways to do this and everybody can talk about that. We spend Adam and I spend enormous amount of time about making sure this is the best possible way to do something. Like, because we know what needs to be done, but how do you do it, right? And that's why, frankly, part of that is a little bit of the restaurant I think you can connect with. It's like everybody could make a burger, but does that all burger taste good? Yeah. <laughs> or, or the pizza, right? All like, There's a recipe to it. Like somebody, and those are very nuanced things often. And I think, um, and that's where the care part comes in. If you care enough, you do a good job at that. What do you think, Avery? So, you know, with me for hiring, uh, the biggest key for us is identifying if they're a fit for our culture or not. Yeah. We talk about during the interview, you know, what we are as a company, where we're going, where we came from, um, you know, our mission to create great pizza, to create lasting memories we're sharing. We talk about how we want the guests to perceive their experience with us. We talk with the, the new hire about all of those things. And if during that interview, they're engaged and they're, oh, wow, and they're asking questions and they're shaking their head, they're a fit. Or if they're just sitting there like, they're not a fit. And so we quickly identify uh, through that interview process of whether or not they're going to fit that. Uh, I can teach anybody how to do anything. I can teach anybody how to make great pizza or to give, give great service. What I can't teach them how to do is care, like he's Moen said, about our business and about where we're going and about what they're doing. If they're just there for a paycheck, they're not going to care. And so, uh, you know, I think for me, it's it's identifying if they're a culture fit. Uh, and, you know, through all of our systems that we have in place, we're able to hold people answerable 
to doing their job properly because we have identified what their job is, how to do it more importantly by when, and we hold keep people answerable to that. You recently won best restaurant in Ohio. What did that mean to you and the team? That was a big one. That that, that was uh, unexpected to say the least, but it it almost felt like we reached the pinnacle moment, but I told my staff we're just getting started because you know, we're just in this new building for the first year. We've just grown our staff uh, double this in 2023, this year. Wow. And, you know, we're just getting started and we've already run, won this. Like what's what's coming up? It, it's hard to wow. imagine, but, um, you know, to be recognized by our restaurant association as the best restaurant in Central Ohio is, uh, is pretty humbling. I, there was a whole award show and, you know, people giving speeches and all that. And this is crazy. Like this is, I was not expecting this uh, to be in a room full of 300 plus fantastic operators. Like some of the best names in the restaurant business in Ohio, Cameron Mitchell, owners from City Barbecue, founders of Wendy's, like what? Some amazing restaurant tours in this room. And like we won best restaurant. It's wild. You said, what are you, what are you building? When you you uh, when you bring somebody on, you you share your vision for the future. What is the vision for the future? Well, uh, so moving into the the larger store that we did this year was was step one. We wanted to have a place that you know I strongly believe in, and it's the community gathering place for for our community. We're at the main intersection in town now, where we occupy the entire block, uh, and it's the place to be. And so um, we're. The goal for me is to establish that at least two more times. Uh, now, do I want to do that next year or then the following year? Probably not. I need a little break from, from doing that because that, that was a lot of work. And we're finally at a point where like we've settled into, you know, the normal. Uh, but uh, 2024, I'm focusing on a food truck. How do I engage with the community in more ways other than our brick and mortar? And I want to be a part of every event, um, every festival, every fair, every whatever, I want to be there. If people are there, I want to be there. Um, I don't even care. I, I said this uh, to my coach. I, I, said, I don't even care if I make money with this thing. I really didn't build it. I spent a bunch of money on it, but I really don't care if I make money with it because I, I just want to be connected with the community because I want them to be like, man, Little Italy is, is always there. Like, let's go there, you know? And so if we can drive somebody back to the restaurant because we have a food truck, cool. Uh, next thing we're doing is... Uh, Ooh, I don't know if I can tell you. When's this releasing? <laughs> uh, it won't be out until January sometime. February, possibly. We'll hold the release. When is yeah. it? Make the announcement and we'll hold the release. Yeah. We are uh, building a coffee shop bakery with our old location. Yes. And so we are, uh, you know, furthering our connection with Groveport and our residents. Uh, you know, coffee is a, is a great way to connect with community and people come in and meet with each other and, and have a cup of coffee. So, um, you know, our, our, our new tagline for that is uh, brewing connections. Uh, you know, so we're, we're just wanting, wanting to be the gathering place for people to come connect. That's amazing. What, uh, what's the plan for Gro Groveport greats, your series? So we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, this is like one of the coolest things that I've seen. Uh, in 2023 and i'm i'm very i'm i'm proud of you man it's uh it's something that we we talk about all the time and there's very few people that are doing it we know that the people that listen to this show watch the show they are the people that actually take action and you're you're a man of action you've been doing a, a phenomenal phenomenal job share share about the series 
So uh, it actually came about completely unexpectedly. I was not planning on making an entire video series out of this that would actually be like uh, viewable that people would be entertained by. It just turned into that. The initial concept that I had was how can I get people engaged on our social media? Because that's the goal is like build engagement. How can I get people engaged uh, to go to said location and pick up these prize packs? Like I had this idea of dropping off just a bunch of gift cards at a location and like there would be 10 available that day and every day of the week they could go to that location and get them. And, you know, that day I would post a little video like, hey, I'm here, the gifts are here, come get them, whatever. And then that evolved to like, well, that's not going to work because then people are just going to come steal them all to, <laughs> I want to relate with businesses while we do this and how can we get people into the local businesses? So we, what we ended up doing is a video series called Growthport Greats and I picked uh, four great Growthport businesses that uh, are the start of the series where we filmed a little video skit that day at their location to highlight them and their business and uh, made it funny for our viewers. And, um, you know, the, the great part about it is, is the, those organizations shared it with all of their followers and their followers shared it with all their friends that found it funny. And so, again, it's just about connecting with the right people in your community. And so we did one with the local police and uh, it, it got awesome. over a hundred and something thousand views. Uh, on Facebook alone. And, uh, you know, that's like the first video that I've done really that uh, even did anything other than like our lives getting just like a couple people on our page seeing it, but uh, it did really well. And then the police station shared it. And then, you know, wow. everybody's commenting out like, this is so funny. And, and I was at my family Christmases and everybody's like, I seen your little videos. They were hilarious. And I'm like, well, did you see this other one? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you got to watch that one. And so, um, you know, that, that's how I know it's working. It's just getting getting people to talk about us and be top of mind. And, you know, if they see me in my pizza shirt, which I should have worn it, but I'm at home today. So I'm not, <laughs> um, if they can see me in that and kind of think back to the restaurant, then then, uh, you know, we've done something right. That's awesome. So well, moving we... with that series, we're going to be featuring other uh, local important people in our community. Um, I think uh, I'm going to do some stuff with the school system. Uh, some coaches and, and stuff like that, just to do something really funny and um, highlight them, their organization, what they're doing. And, uh, you know, pizza will just be a small part of it. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys for watching, for listening. Uh, we want you to get involved. We are moving to LinkedIn Live. So every Wednesday, every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, you can join us on LinkedIn Live. That's an audio event. It's essentially a live podcast. It's restaurant tours. It's tech founders, salespeople, content creators. Uh, we believe a rising tide lifts all ships. So we will put a link in there so you guys can join us on stage. Uh, Avery, thank you so much for your time. Moen, how can people find Ship Day? We'll put links to both your guys' brands, but Moen, what's the best way for people to connect with Ship Day if they, uh, if they have any questions? Yeah, no, uh, just shipday.com, www.shipday.com. Uh, you know, we have a phone number, call us or chat with us, uh, email us, we are there for you. Uh, and we really want to you know, appreciate everybody for coming in and uh, uh, the best, you know, we think as a community that we are trying to help. So, uh, you know, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to even talk to uh, one of our users, we can introduce you. So if you want to understand more, I think that's, that's always good. I can't wait to come to visit you, Avery. One day that's happening for sure. Well, I, I just booked a cruise uh, and I, I was going to go through the one out of uh, Los Angeles and was hoping I could swing up. Oh, we ended up doing the one out of New York. So, okay. Not, 
Not well when you make it to the West Coast, and that goes for anybody listening or watching. If you guys make it to San Diego, come get some barbecue, get a selfie, um, do some video content on the roof, get some barbecue. But Avery, what's the uh, what's the best place for people to connect with you? Where you're, what's your most active digital playground? Uh, Facebook for sure, Little Italy Restaurante, or our website, littleitalygrowthport.com. And are you posting more on LinkedIn? <laughs> It's a hard, it's a hard. I want to get him there. <laughs> more on LinkedIn, on Facebook, more on Instagram. We're going to make it happen. Avery, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Moen, that's been awesome. Thank you guys for paying attention. As always, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.